Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other. And we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen, amen. If you would, grab your copy of Scripture and turn to the book of Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I'll give you a moment to get there. Colossians chapter 1. Verse, verses 13 and 14, Colossians chapter 1, 13 and 14, it says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This is God's word. Let me pray for us this morning. Father God, you are so good and so gracious. Lord, what a privilege it is to, to be in your house today and to see the verses we just talked about, the, the rescue, Lord, we've, we've seen those this morning who have said yes to you. And uh, what an awesome thing to see baptisms and, and new brothers and sisters in the Lord. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray now at the preaching of your word, your people would be fed and that you would be glorified. We ask all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it is good to be with you this morning. My name is Josh. And um, I wonder if you know this already, you probably do, that one single word or one phrase can actually have multiple definitions, right? One phrase, one word can mean something and it can also mean something else. Uh, I would be willing to bet um, any married man in here um, knows this to be true. Let me give you a couple examples. Like for example, the phrase, I'm fine. All right. One possible definition of the word I'm fine is things are good. Things are fine. We're all good here. But fellas, if your woman uses this, she might be using a different possible definition that is things are not fine. It's the opposite of fine, anti-fine, disfine, unfine, right? Amen, brothers? Uh, we know? Okay. How about this one? Uh, we need to talk. Okay? One possible definition is, one possible definition is, I'd like to have a conversation where we both hear each other's insights. Fellas, your woman may use that in a different definition. She may mean, I'm going to talk, you need to listen. Okay? One more, do whatever you want. Okay? One possible definition is feel the freedom to engage in any activity you want, no worries. <laughs> Fellas, if your woman uses that phrase, she might be using a different definition that means don't do whatever you want. In fact, you better do the activity that I want, worry, right? <laughs> now, I know, ladies, you could turn the same thing around to us, you know, like you could say, Phrases like if your husband says, you know, just five more minutes on the game, it's almost over, right? Really, it means probably an hour, right? I'm just going to the store to buy one more box of ammo, right? Like, it's probably more, right? 
So we both do this, right? But you're familiar with this idea. A, a, a word or phrase can have multiple layers of meaning, multiple definitions. Today, I want to think about the definitions of the word realize. I'll give you two here. To realize something means to grasp or understand clearly, to make real, to bring vividly to mind. We could call this like a wisdom definition, right? It's, oh, I just realized that. Oh, I just made that connection. But there's also another definition of realize that talks with, with wealth, and it's to convert into cash or money, to obtain a profit for oneself, right? Like maybe your portfolio realizes a gain of some kind, right? That's a wealth definition. Today we're talking about realizing the truth of what God has done for us through Christ. And so I want to take these two definitions and turn it into a hope for us today. Two hopes. One, that you would grasp with great clarity what God has done for you, right? That there'd be a wisdom like, oh, I, I realize it. I see what God has done. But there would also be a, a wealth realization for you, that you would obtain an eternal profit from the gospel. I'm not talking about merely money, but I'm talking about things that will benefit for eternity and in your life right now. I've titled the message today, Fully Realizing the Father's Rescue, because as we get to Colossians 1, 13 and 14, that's what we see, and that's my hope for us today. In this letter to the Colossians, Paul is battling false beliefs about who Jesus is and what he's done. And Paul is making very clear that God's plan for salvation, God's plan for new life is only found in Christ. And so today I want to see three realizations for us from these two verses. First, I want us to realize his rescue from darkness, realize his relocation to light, and realize his redemption in Christ. First off, realize his rescue from darkness. Again, verse 13 says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness. Very simply, one of the reasons that God sends Jesus is simply this. We need Jesus to rescue us from the darkness of our sin. Now, um, I think we could all agree that pandas are very cute animals. I mean, come on, that is a cute animal, right? We all agree. But I think there's a valid question about pandas, and that is, how are they still alive? You know what I'm talking about? Like, have you ever seen videos on the internet of just pandas falling down over and over? I guess they know me. Like, when I sign on to Instagram, it's like I'm flooded with pandas falling videos. So here's a clip of some pandas falling. You'll see what I mean.
<laughs> what if I told you that's just from one zoo? It's just from the Toronto Zoo. Like, how are pandas still a thing? Like, how do they make it through life? How do they survive as a species when they fall this hard, this often? Pandas remind me of me. Pandas remind me of all humans. We all fall. We fall in our sin. Without Christ as Savior and Lord, man, we, we live in darkness, is what the Scripture says. And so the Bible makes it clear that, man, every one of us is a sinner who has fallen from where God is. And our only hope of escaping that darkness is Jesus. And in our sin, we have fallen from God. Several verses here, Romans 3.10, there is no one righteous, not even one. 1 John 1.8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Romans 5.12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. And of course, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know it. I know it. No one can deny it. We're sinful people living in a sinful world. We have a panda problem. We sin. We fall. The pandas fall because they reach for that next branch or whatever, but we fall when we look for ultimate joy and ultimate satisfaction in anything apart from God, right? We fall when we look at stuff and we say, oh, money, this will do it, and we crash. Or, or this achievement, this will do it for me. We reach for it and we crash. This relationship, this will do it for me. Crash. Oh, I can decide right and wrong for myself. Crash. Right? This is how sin and darkness operate. One pastor, Thomas Brooks, says it like this. He says, Satan promises the best, but pays with the worst. He promises honor and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure and pays with pain. He promises profit and pays with loss. He promises life and pays with death. But God pays as he promises. And I tell you the truth, God has promised that today, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been, man, the good news is you can be rescued from darkness through, our, through the work of, of his son, Jesus Christ. You can realize the rescue from darkness through Christ. God sends Jesus to live a perfect sinless life, a life of total righteousness. Jesus never falls. He never crashes. He never falls short. We could summarize it this way. Jesus steps out of heaven to come down to our sin-darkened world and our sin-darkened hearts, but he alone remains without sin. In his holy perfection, he can rescue the vastly imperfect sinners like you, like me, who call on his name. I mean, I don't know about you, but when I look in around our world, when I look around our country, when I look around my city, when I look in my own mirror, man, I see the effects of sin and darkness, and I don't want to stay there anymore. So let's compare our options here for just a moment. Darkness corrupts, but Jesus cleanses. 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous so that He will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Darkness conceals. Jesus covers. Psalm 85, verse 2 says, you forgave the iniquity of your people. You covered all their sin. Darkness criticizes, but Jesus comforts. In John 14, 27, he says, peace I leave you. 
My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Darkness contaminates. Jesus cures. Matthew 14, it says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd, felt compassion on them, and healed their sick. Darkness cripples, but Jesus carries. Psalm 68, 19, it says, praise be to the Lord, to God our Savior, who daily bears or carries our burdens. Darkness confuses. Jesus clarifies. 1 John 4, 9, by this the love of God was revealed or made clear to us. How? That God has sent His only Son into the world that we may live through Him. Darkness is awful. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is better. And He can rescue us from the darkness that we find ourselves in. So where's the wisdom and wealth here? Let's talk about wisdom first. What's the realization we can have? The wisdom piece is as a Christian, I have freedom from sin and darkness in Christ. He says in John 8, 36, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Man, there is grace and mercy available today. There is forgiveness available today. If you've, maybe you've been in the dark for a long, long time. Today, you can be rescued. And the wealth here, as a Christian, I can turn my affections away from things of darkness. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that if you've been rescued from the darkness, then the good news is you don't have to go back to it. You can turn from it today, and he will help you in that. So some questions to consider here. First, where are the areas I've fallen in the past? Have I confessed those before God? How can I strongly turn away from sin today? Secondly, Jesus comes as a rescuer, but am I still trying to save myself and fix myself? How can the gospel encourage me? So first, we realize his rescue from darkness. Now we realize his relocation to light. Verse 13 again, it says, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. We could say it this way, God's rescue includes, one, saving you from darkness, and two, relocating you to the light of the kingdom of Jesus. In Christ, you get both. You get both. And that's good news. One pastor says it like this, the Colossians, as all Christians, have been rescued out of Satan's kingdom and authority and have been translated, transformed, tra uh, transferred, or relocated in the kingdom of Christ. That is exceedingly good news for sinners like you and me. And man, we saw a picture of it this morning, that there are these, these people today who had said yes to Jesus Christ. They are no longer in the kingdom of darkness, but in the kingdom of Christ, in the light. Do you remember the snowstorms of Texas in February of 2021? Of course you do, right? Just a year ago. How could you forget? For the first couple days, it was a lot of fun. I made snow forts with our kids, we're snowball fights, we're like, this is amazing. But then, I, uh, then it started getting a little bit more serious. Uh, in San Antonio, where I live, people started losing electricity, losing running water. Friends who, I knew friends who had lost, uh, uh, you know, cattle and, and things like that. It, it, got, it started getting serious. And I found out that one of my uh, good friends in San Antonio, his wife and their house, they had lost power. And they have three little girls, and their house was like 20-something degrees. So I said, look, 
for whatever reason, our house still had electricity and power, and I said, look, if you can just get here, right? If you can just get here, we got you. And our worship leader also, him and his wife, had lost power and lost water. We said, look, if you can just get to our house, just make your way as best you can, we got you. And sure enough, they both came from different parts of the city. And before I knew it, I was making grilled cheese sandwiches and tomato soup for everybody. And we just had like this meal of warmth in our kitchen. And for them, it was just a couple miles to relocate, but that relocation meant everything, right? From, from going from the cold to warmth, from no water to water, from no power to power, from miserable to enjoyable, right? If you could just get here. Here's good news. When you trust and surrender to Jesus, He takes you from darkness and into His light. It's not if you can just get here, but if you have Him. Man, if you have Christ, He will be faithful. He will bring you out of that and into His light. Now, you say, Josh, why would I want to walk in the light? Why would I want to walk in the light of, in the light of Christ? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Let me, see, let me point a couple things out for us today. What does the light of Christ do in us and for us? A couple things. The light of Christ keeps you on the right path. John 8, 12, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of Christ comforts you when you fall. One of my favorite passages in Micah chapter 7 and verse 8, it says this, Do not gloat over me, O my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Man, I need verses like that because I still, I stumble, I fall, I mess up. And it's in those moments that, man, I find the light of Christ and to help me keep going. What else does the light of Christ do? It's there in the hard times. Psalm 18, verse 28 says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Man, I've found it in the hard times, in the hard nights, in the sleepless nights, that His light is still there. The light of Christ purifies you from the inside out. 1 John 1, 7, it says, But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus His Son purifies us from all sin. What about this? The light of Christ strikes fear out of your hearts. Psalm chapter 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? In other words, nobody, no man, nothing should I fear because He is my light and my salvation. And finally, one more, the light of Christ means you are on the winning team. John 1, 5 says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Think about this room right now, right? We have lights on. We have spotlights and things. We don't have spot darks, right? We don't have flash darks. We have flash, right? Light shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it, and it never will. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, has stepped out of heaven and come down here. And the most secure fact in the world is that darkness cannot overcome His light. So what's the wisdom and wealth here? Wisdom, as a Christian, I will thrive in the light of God's path. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Man, you can walk in the light with Christ and He will lead you in the right way. He will mature you. He will strengthen you. 
he will bring you and make you into who you're meant to be. And the wealth here, as, as a Christian, God can help grow my desires for his kingdom. Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Listen, you won't be perfect in this life. Man, as a Christian, you'll still stumble, you'll still fall. But as we turn from darkness and towards his light, he can change our desires, he can change our appetites. You can walk away from the things of darkness and into whatever's true, whatever's right, whatever's noble, whatever's pure, lovely, and admirable. Some questions to consider here. Have I called out to Jesus and asked for his rescue? Have I placed all my trust in him? Secondly, as a Christian, are there areas of darkness that I've allowed to persist in my life or that I return to? How can I let the light of Christ lead me in a new direction? Am I willing to let him change me? Finally, our realize, we, we realize his redemption in Christ. Verse 13, once more, for he rescued us from the domain of darkness, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. This word redemption is critical for us. It has the meaning here of liberation or deliverance, right? It even ties back to the book of Exodus when God liberated, when God delivered his people out of Egypt. It's the same connotation here. Now, here's what's interesting is that we're drawn to, we're drawn to stories of redemption. We're drawn to stories of deliverance. It, it's like it's in our DNA. For example, uh, I love uh, Western films, and one of the great classics in the 1950s is a movie called Shane. And uh, if you've ever seen the movie Shane, Shane is a cowboy back in the Civil War days, and he's got a mysterious past. And he comes to this family to help them on their ranch, and the family has a young boy named Joey who comes to idolize Shane. And of course, there's a bad guy in town, Riker. And Riker and his men are hurting the whole community. And so at the end of the film, spoiler alert, but I mean, this movie's been out since the 50s, so, you know, that's a you problem if you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> spoiler alert, at the end of the film, Shane has to go confront Riker and his men. And he goes in and he takes them all out. It's a heroic thing, and Shane says he's going to leave. And Joey's like, why? Why are you leaving? And Shane's famous quote, he says, now, run on home to your mother and tell her, tell her everything's all right, and there are no more guns in the valley. And it's like this beautiful moment, right, of like, hey, I've delivered you. I've brought you to safety. Your family is safe. Your community is safe. There's been a deliverance. There's been a redemption. One more, more recent example, a, a film called the Iron Giant. I would say it's one of the more underrated films of the last 25 years. A lot of people have not seen it, but The Iron Giant. It's set during the Cold War, and the story centers on a young boy named Hogarth who meets this giant alien robot, The Iron Giant. And the villain in the story is a government agent. I know that stretches your mind already right there, like, what? Somebody from the government could be a villain? I know, but go with it. <laughs> the villain is a government agent named Mansley. And at the end of the film, Mansley ends up launching a nuclear missile into the sky that's going to come down on Hogarth's town and, and, and destroy everyone. 
And the iron giant tells Hogarth, he says, he can fix it. And he says, you stay. I go. No following. I know, I sound exactly like the iron giant. <laughs> and the iron giant launches himself into space, launches himself up, and flies right into that nuclear missile to detonate it in the sky where it will not harm anybody. And it's this beautiful story of redemption, of deliverance. He keeps them safe. He delivers Hogarth and his family. And man, it's, it's interesting how often these types of stories resonate with us. Whether it's a cowboy making sure there's no more guns in the valley, or a giant robot taking out the nuke that was coming to— man, it's these stories of redemption. They find resonance in our hearts. Because I think these are little reminders, little glimpses, imperfect, but small little glimpses of God's bigger story, God's story of redemption. Man, in Him, we have redemption. We have deliverance. Maybe the greatest sentence in the history of our world came when Jesus was dying on the cross and He says, it is finished, meaning He's done the work of deliverance. It's on Him. It's not about you living a good life. It's what Jesus Christ has done. And He says, it's finished. I did it. He has redeemed us. We can boil it down to this one sentence. We are delivered from Satan, sin, darkness, and death through the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So where's the wisdom and wealth here? Wisdom. Jesus is the only one who can save me. Acts 4.12. There is salvation in no one else. I love the question that that uh, was asked of these, these kids today. Like, is your hope in Jesus Christ, right? Like, that's, that's the point. It's, it's he, there's no backup plan. There's no option, other option. It's Christ alone. And our wealth here, Jesus is the only one who can make me new. 2 Corinthians 5.21, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Here's good news, man, with Christ today, you can walk out of these doors different than you came in here, right? Sins can be forgiven, burdens can be laid down, guilt can be lifted, freedom can be found, joy can be discovered, and it's in Christ alone. Some questions to consider here. Redemption and forgiveness are only found in Christ. Am I running from Him or towards Him? Secondly, in a world full of options, how can I boldly share about the only real answer, Jesus Christ? How can I spread the gospel? In these two verses in Colossians today, we've seen three realizations. His, we realize his rescue from darkness, his relocation to light, and his redemption in Christ. It's no stretch of the imagination to say that what we know today of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, or the MCU, has been incredibly successful. Like, for example, the, the MCU, if you take all the films together, Iron Man, Thor, the Avengers, all those films together, the MCU today has uh, earned more than $25 billion. Did you hear that? $25 billion. That's a lot of money. But it wasn't always this way. Back in the 90s, Marvel was in deep trouble as a company, as a comic book group. They were in deep trouble. 
Marvel by 1996 was $700 million in debt. Kind of crazy to think about, right? Like, they've been so successful. But in 96, they were $700 million in debt, and they were trying to sell their IP, their characters, the rights to all their stuff, to, to get some money back. And so they go to Sony Studios, who at the time was one of the more successful movie studios in Hollywood, and the offer they made, they said, look, you can have every single one of our characters, Iron Man, Thor, you can have it all for $25 million. Every single character we've ever done a comic about, anything you want, it's all yours for 25 million bucks. Sony looked at that and said, no way. In fact, you can look at the emails, the two Sony executives that were in charge of this deal, one of them told the other one, he said this, quote, you'll see the quote here, he says, nobody cares about any of those Marvel characters. <laughs> Go back and do a deal for only Spider-Man. And that's what Sony did. They made a little side deal for the rights to Spider-Man. They said, no, we don't want anything else. Are you kidding me? Think about that. Think about those numbers. Pay $25 million for a franchise that's going to earn $25 billion. They had the offer of a lifetime right in front of them, and they said, nah, not interested. They didn't see the value. I'm not good at math, but I think it's like a thousand times the purchase price. That's usually a good thing, right? That's the offer of a lifetime right in front of them, and they didn't see it. Man, today we have the offer of a lifetime and in eternity in front of us. You've heard the word of God. Don't miss this. Listen, I'm not offering you Iron Man and Thor, but I am telling you the King of Kings is here, and he can rescue you from darkness, and he can make a difference in your life, and he can change your whole family tree. He can do all these things. He can make you new from the inside out. I'm not asking you to buy all the Marvel characters. But I think we can, at the risk of sounding cheesy, marvel at what God has done for us through Christ Jesus our Lord. In Christ, there is endless wisdom and wealth. I want to close today with a, a hope for me and you. In the book of Job, there's these speeches that Job's friends give him. And most of the speeches from his friends at a hard time in Job's life are unhelpful. They're spoken in a wrong tone. They're delivered in the wrong timing. But I want to use a piece of one of those today as our finishing scripture. What, what Job's friends said in an unhelpful way, I want to say in a hopeful and helpful way today. It's Job 22. It says this, come back to God Almighty and he'll rebuild your life. Clean house of everything evil. Relax your grip on your money. Look at this. God Almighty will be your treasure. More wealth than you can imagine. That's my prayer. That's my hope for you and me every single day, that we would look at what he has done and say, that's what I need. That's more wealth than I could ever even imagine. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters here. I thank you for every single person in this room. And God, I pray for those who've maybe found themselves in a dark place, who feel like they've fallen. Lord, would you encourage them with the truth that there's grace and mercy available today? that Jesus Christ can bring them out of the darkness and into the light. 
and that He is the ultimate foundation for our life. We can build our lives on Him. That He is the sure and steady rock, and He will bring us into His light. Lord, I pray you would work a mighty work in our hearts and our lives. Help us to realize that you are God Almighty, and you will be more wealth than we can ever imagine. We love you, Lord. Hear us now as we sing to you. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I want to also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to myrivervalley.church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to myrivervalley.church give for more details there as well. We'll see you next week.